0: Welcome in to 11 Personnel, presented by Monticello Bank. Nick Rausch and Adam Luckett here with you in the middle of a busy time in the bluegrass. Glad you all have joined us because you watched the ESPN schedule, Luckett, but this is, this is where the real meat and potatoes is for this Kentucky football schedule release. I don't need Tim Tebow telling me about how excited he is to watch all these non-conference games that we've already known about for a year.
1: <laughs> it's funny you say that my wife Taylor said the same thing um, <laughs> or something along those lines yeah I don't know what the bull show is obviously worse but uh, they didn't milk it as bad as I thought they would once they yeah. started they they kept it rolling which was nice
0: I thought we would get an ad break or two in between game time announcements but fortunately they they went through the first 12 weeks uh, in 30 minutes. Without any commercials. So we did 30 minutes of uninterrupted watching. And you know what? I bet they had pretty good uh, engagement during that time. <laughs> I have a feeling their retention was pretty solid with people locked in uh, for that first 30 minutes of that show.
1: Yeah, I think uh, as Stephen Peake shows us the YouTube graphs sometimes, I think the ESPN graphs that first 30 minutes of the SEC Network at 7 o'clock on a Wednesdays, pretty high. Like when they look at the uh, – when, <laughs> when the suits in Mickey Mouse offices look at the graphs, oh, wow, what are we – we should do this all the time. Why, why is this so high? I think that, that that's what will pop up. But, yeah, uh, again, SEC is NFL light, and they're treating it like the NFL. The NFL has their big schedule release show whenever it is. If only we could fix when the portal happened, right, yeah, and stretch yeah. that out, but – uh, the sport is tied to an academic calendar, unfortunately, so we've got everything crammed in a certain period right now. But we're uh, just excited to have the scheduling so we can kind of break out and look ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, in many ways, Nick, my first takeaway going into the show is like, man, I, I was worried I would come away from this. Thank God they got a tough draw. And I don't really think that if you made me make a pick – I think it, it kind of feels like a seven and five schedule, maybe eight and four. Oh, we're
0: gonna make you pick. We're gonna pick all of them. <laughs> but uh, we, I, we, I, got, I, we I, got, they, got some content to make, buddy.
1: I think it's well balanced, right? You get the two yeah. bye weeks in a nice part. You start off with the four home games, which is I think from back when I was a season ticket holder. That's tough for like to do that. Pack it up and go four Saturdays in a row. It's tough, but two of them are pretty big home games, and then you got. I think home balance, you get Auburn in October, a big home mm-hmm. game. Uh, you get Louisville in November, big home game. And then you got some other ones that aren't as hyped with Vanderbilt and Murray State. Uh, but at least you have some some balance there in the months where you get one big home yeah. – literally one big home game a month uh, and, and throughout that's, the season.
0: Balance is going to be the word that everybody uses to describe the schedule. And it's it feels like it's pretty rare um, where – you know, this season, the, the the most recent one, it was very back loaded. Uh, the year before, and or not the year before, but at 2021. You know, he was just like, "All right, well, how are they gonna do in October? It's a brutal October, but the front and back ends are pretty light. Normally, it just kind of uh, has a way of, of you go through like one or two really tough stretches, and it is going to be uh, quite a wake up, right? You you get at least but. It could be worse, right? Like, Brock Vandegrift's going to get be able to get his toes wet against Southern Mist and um, that South Carolina defense, not not great. Um, I, don't, I don't think they're going to dramatically improve year over year, even though Kentucky struggled against them this year. But you're like, okay, well, he's got two weeks to kind of get ready for that big Georgia game, and then you kind of get a come down, too, before you got to hit the road to Ole Mist. That is, um, even though I do like where the buys are positioned, Five five games in a row, and then going on that road trip before you finally get to exhale. That's just that's gonna be um it's gonna be quite the sprint to start the season. The exact opposite of this year, Lucky, where it's October and we feel like they haven't played a game yet.
1: Yeah, I think the difference is stark there. Um, getting into the meat and potatoes of the year uh, for me, Nick. I'm looking forward to those two couch days on October 5th and November 9th. Uh, to sit back in my basement and watch the football i love the two bye week season i wish we could do this every year
0: yeah
1: Uh, it it makes it it makes it so much better to me Um, you you get some thinner saturdays when the buys pop up but um, you get to i think consume more of it as a viewer and as a fan i think we um, got which is fun
0: November 9 is a pretty big rivalry week elsewhere, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, let's pull up the
1: SEC slate here that you have in the um, in the post at KSR that yeah. includes Alabama, the schedule. Alabama
0: LSU is November 9. Jordan mm-hmm. Ole Miss, November 9.
1: Florida yeah. goes to Texas. Um, Nick, yeah. I want you to, before we get yeah. out of here and before we yeah. move on, I want you to pull up Florida's schedule and just read it week by week. And then we'll just you can just give your instant reactions to this. And I want people in the chat just comment, as we do this,
0: maybe Peak, maybe uh, maybe you can pull it up too, um, so everybody can follow along because it is in fact a gauntlet. Uh, it's it's hilarious. Oklahoma, Missouri, uh,
1: no, November 9th. That's going to be a big time atmosphere there in Como. Uh,
0: yeah. let um, I, I like uh, to Texas in November. Um, you don't want you, you hate having to do those scorchers. The Florida. And now you add Texas to those really hot um, games that time of year. So, not having to deal with those, that, that's going to be nice. Um, that's going to be yeah, a really the, nice
1: card. The one thing I'll say with that is we're about to read this Florida schedule off. Um, there was going to be a lot of buzz, right, if Kentucky's like 3-1 and one, and say Texas trip was September 28th, going there. Um, mm-hmm. It loses some of that when it's that late in the year. I mean, that's right around Champions Classic time, isn't it?
0: Uh, Give or take. Yeah, Chimney's Classics probably the week before.
1: Yeah, so that's setting up to be a huge – it just depends on how Kentucky's doing in the year. You don't really know where. I think more preseason, people are more chomping at the bit. Um, but you get to go to the gro- – people get to go to the Grove again in September. Um, so, I mean, it could be interesting. There could be a huge Kentucky contingent if they did – and they could have a bad year. But it would be like, why are all these Kentucky
0: fans in Austin? It's here uh, to enjoy 40 acres. Yeah. Drink some um, Lone star beers. Yes, um, exactly. right, let's – Let's read this Florida schedule because it's uh, it's quite hilarious. Um, they start with Miami, um, state championship game. Might have
1: Cameron Ward at quarterback. I think the Canes are the favorite to land him yep. as of right uh, now.
0: Top four at quarterback, according to most folks. Um, hey, you know, at least they get to play Sanford, the Bulldogs in week two. Uh, but A&M at Mississippi State. UCF at home, too? Why did they? Oh, gosh. They're... they're in for it. At Tennessee, then little old Kentucky comes to town. Uh, They do at least still get that bye week before Georgia, but then they go from the cocktail party to going to Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, Florida State to end the year. I mean, that's that's what, five top ten teams to end the season in a row?
1: Yeah, on paper it will be, yes. (laughs) Preseason poll. Uh, to me, it's the start, right? We all know if Billy Napier doesn't get off to a good start, like he's done. But to me, it's the start. Like you've got that Miami game is huge. That A&M game in week three, new coach is, against a new coach is huge. Uh, at Mississippi State, new coach, you're facing, that's huge. UCF, like you, you can't lose them. that one at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they could, they could start 5-0. Oh. I don't think that's crazy. But will like, they, yeah. right? See, like, if he takes a couple losses, he's toast. Uh, Napier's toast.
0: And the start is, is everything there's here. Those idiot radio hacks in the city of Louisville. Oh, you got to play somebody hard in your non-conference, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, it's cool for the sport that Florida is playing, Miami, UCF, and Florida State in the same year. It's not going to be really cool for Billy Napier. It's not really going to be really cool for those fans. Like, that's – if you don't win all three – you gotta win it. You you ha- he has to win two of them. No excuses. Maybe you can get away if you've got seven wins going to that Florida State game or something like that. You can get off the hook if you don't win that one at the end of the year. But asking for trouble, scheduling that non-conference. And I know there's some fans out there who they want to do one of these uh, Labor Day weekend games in neutral sites against a big time opponent. And you know what? While that sounds fun and all, you still got the Grove in Texas this year. You're getting to go yeah, to Jacksonville I think, for a bowl yeah. game, like that's the kind of trade off you have. Like, I this ain't college basketball where you need these big neutral site games. Like, you you have plenty of other opportunities to have fun in the regular SEC's football. Season.
1: Yeah, one thing I'm interested in Nick getting into this summer is at the meetings, spring meetings. Greg Sankey's going to pitch the nine games again. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I have a feeling. These teams are gonna get this schedule, and they're gonna be like, "Hell no, <laughs> we won eight. Like we don't know where the playoffs go. on. we've got these big conferences. Georgia just got left out of the playoff. We want to stick it at. So like Kentucky, yeah. whatever yeah. that was, what, yeah, last summer or the summer before, it was last May, and, yeah. And they were the one, the only one sticking their neck out, and they could end up being on the right side of, of yeah. that. Uh, Saban's has already switched with Alabama. Alabama's the big one in their corner now.
0: That was, yeah, um, that was what was really significant was going into that. You thought Kentucky was going to be the, the lone wolf, and they got Saban. That, and it was basically pitching them on the playoff because making the playoff would be more important. And Mitch Barnhart, the oldest guy in the room, the guy who's been on the playoff committee was like, listen, we don't know where this playoff's going. Do we really want to do this to ourselves without guaranteed more money from ESPN? So
1: that that's something I think to watch at those meetings. Uh, the what comes the discourse that comes out regarding that because I it, it's you're asking you, you're asking for a lot like for even your best team you're asking a lot of them uh, I mean even Georgia slate is a lot tougher this year I mean it, it's what yeah. specifically when you add well Texas is soup you're getting souped up Texas at least right now the way they're mm-hmm. looking with Sark. And Oklahoma has consistently, for most of our lives, Nick, been a top ten football program in college football. Uh, that's what you're adding into this league, on top of everything else you got. Uh, you got Kirby Smart's a two-time national champion. Nick Saban's the best to ever do it. He might about to win another one. There's just a lot there. And so, I, I, I'm just interested to see if we get the hard nine push from the guy, from Birmingham, or if the member institutions push back and say, we want eight. We don't want to play nine.
0: Can um, I read another schedule for you? Yeah, I'll go go for it. Well, um, Shane Beamer, he's in a similar spot to uh, our buddy Billy Napier. Five and seven year. Didn't go to a bowl game. They're desperately spending nil bucks right now. I mean, they're throwing money yes, at Sanders. Yes, they are. Sanders. Jaden McGowan, they're probably going to for quarterback, LT Overton, another defense. I mean, it's if they're a high priced person, they're throwing money at him because Shane don't give a damn. He's like, I have to win now. This isn't like NFL free agency where you gotta worry about the cap um for a dead year. Ownership doesn't care. Shane's spending money to win because he has to win now. And this schedule he's got. They got a little bit of a breather in the non conference, but similar to Jacksonville State. They open with Old Dominion. They traveled to Kentucky, a place they've won once in like ten years. LSU, um, and then Akron and a bye. Well, after the bye week, the month of October, it goes Ole Miss at Bama at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You've got a bye, and then Texas A and M. It just that's, yeah, the tough that, middle stretch is really the yeah. the kicker that, there. And that can really just suck the wind out of a season. If you go, I mean, they could go from September 21st to November 9th without a win. Right. But they could just, end up
1: being two and five going into November.
0: Yeah, which they that was kind of similar to this year. They had a win out. They almost did um, to get to that bowl, but like that is for a, it just can really demoralize you, right? Like losing games in a row. Uh, it just if you can just get one to stop the bleeding in there, then everybody kind of chills out a little bit. But that could be a rough, rough yeah. stretch there for Shane Beamer.
1: Uh, week two, Kentucky is their biggest game. To me, when mm-hmm. I look at their schedule. Because if they win that, they're probably 3-1 and one going into the bye and Holston Ole Miss. In, in close to ranked or whatever. Um, and then they probably get out of that – you know they might end up being three, three and four out of that, but they got wins to the back half, so they're going to get they're going to they have a good chance to get to seven, and that would be a step forward. But if you lose to Kentucky, then you're flirting with really another five and seven season again, um, and that not, that would not be uh, good pro or, or the right direction for Shane Beamer. I mean, it's a big year for him. I don't think he's going to end up on the hot seat no matter what happens, but it could be a year that sets up the hot seat year. Um, and so I think for them. It's that that Kentucky game is so big because they play LSU, they play Alabama, I believe, uh, they play Oklahoma on the road. I mean, they've got they play Clemson on the road. I mean, just right there, that's brutal. It's Ole Miss it's is up. going to be a preseason top ten team. They have to win that Kentucky game, and they really need to beat Missouri. Um, they're at home. They've lost a bunch in a row to Missouri. Uh, so week two, and it would for Kentucky too. It's huge. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think Kentucky's got a legit chance to probably make a run at 8-4 and four with this schedule, Nick. I think if we're being realistic, they could get there. Okay. But they can't – like, South Carolina is one, like, they, they have to get that one to me, yeah. and they have to get Louisville at home. Like, those are the two to me that are the most important. Like, if you – any path you draw up to 8-4, and four, which I think is probably the, the reasonable ceiling here you should look at, those are two you have to win.
0: Well, and here's one other one that – You have to win. Second-year coach at an unstable institution, it's a home game. You've lost a lot of home games, and I know there's not a lot of animosity towards them, but you've just got to beat Auburn. And I know the the portal is open, and we're not sure exactly who's going to be there. I'd imagine – I haven't really seen them in the mix for any of these big guys. The The quarterback recruiting
1: has been strange there. Yeah. Because you thought they would have been in the mix for a big quarterback, and that just hasn't developed
0: even like Grayson McCall, like they weren't even, I mean, they've been non-existent and it's just like, are they really going to ride with Peyton Thorne? Right. Like, is that, is that what you're going to do? I don't know, but that's just, that's going to be an important one to, to win at home. Um, And, you know, and that, and that's how you have one of those uh, special seasons like it is taking care of business at home. You have eight home games and, um, it, pull pull that back up real quick, Stephen, because I'm I'm um, I am i i have not memorized it quite just yet. But if you got eight home games, who's the saying? You win first seven six. of them, right? Right. Like you, if you win seven of them, then all you got to do is steal one at Tennessee, at Texas, at Florida, at Ole Miss to get there. So like, yeah, but I think I, I we, you think could that's... say
1: that about the last two years, though. If, you do, if they just win their home games, right, the winnable ones. And they haven't done it. That's that's the crux here to me.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's why, um, you know, th- this whole scheduling game that we like to play, it's a lot of fun. But, I mean, the, the, the eight-win season is take care of business at home. You can slip up against Georgia. And then I don't think Florida's the only one that, I mean, they'd probably be favored or toss, you know, depending on things go, toss up. But they'll be touchdown-ish underdogs, I would imagine, and all the rest of them unless uh, the volleyball player is just a complete bust. Um,
1: yeah. Cool. I mean, to me it's – to get an eight and four, there's really two paths. Like, you either go seven and one at home, pick off one on the road, or you go six and two at home, pick off two on the road. So that would essentially be – you would beat Florida and then probably you get one of Tennessee or Ole Miss, which is not, I don't think, crazy.
0: Yeah. Um, and then that – that,
1: that builds in the the random home game you might lose to in Auburn, or maybe mm-hmm. a South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's really important, Nick. Uh, the best Mark Stoops teams outside of 2016, and probably I guess you could say about 2019. Uh, so maybe not. It doesn't work as well as it was in my head just a minute ago. Mm-hmm. But they've all got off to the fast starts. You know, um, we've seen fast starts crumble. Um, but the best teams, his nine and three teams have gotten off to fast starts. So it feels critical to me to win that South Carolina, you really can't lose a South Carolina three in a row. You've already lost to Tennessee here three in a row. You know, you really cannot, you've got to turn that series around. I mean, that's just such a huge game from that aspect. And I think you made a good point with Carolina and the portal. This feels like kind of an all-in season for Beamer, Uh, if they don't, if it doesn't hit this year, and I'm talking just get to seven and five ish, and just keep that train moving and keep the recruiting momentum going. If it doesn't get that there for him, it could fall off the tracks there. I think for him, um, but that's just a huge game, week two. Like they, that's a monstrous, monstrous game, and I think a lot how the season goes to me will a lot be defined. By what happens in that game now, there's time to turn it around, but it's hard to envision them having a good season with another loss to South Carolina.
0: Right? No, I'm I'm completely with you because then you're staring at Georgia, and it feels like half the year you're just calling to get to 500. Um, so I have a feeling when we're doing our season prediction video in August, there's gonna be a lot of seven and five predictions, uh, probably sprinkle in an eight and a couple eight and fours and. Uh, six and six and a nine and three, like those are definitely the outliers. But uh, we kind of mentioned it when all of this stuff was happening about changing our brains. Like that nine and three benchmark that was set, it's gonna be really it's it's harder to get to now. It just it just is in this new SEC. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be harder for everybody. Everybody's gonna have to adjust. Uh, and I'm fascinated. Like, just looking at all the schedules, how everything's going to unfold week to week, it's it's going to be something, man.
1: The one thing I'll say, the 2021 team that went 9-3, we went into that year thinking they could have been in trouble in October with the LSU and Florida games. They were home games, but LSU and Florida were preseason top tens. You never know how the season is going to shake out, right? You never know how the schedule is going to hit. We predict and we think – um, it might happen, but sh- you never know. Um, does living on the portal edge for Lane Kiffin does that finally just catch up to them, and they have culture issues? Is this the year they like, crumble? Um, you know, is Florida a train wreck when you go down there? Right on October nineteenth, does Texas Texas and take a huge step back once they get expect real big expectations? Uh, Yeah, then does that become kind of a winnable game that late in the year, where maybe they're have a roster crisis at that point with guys looking to leave? So you never,
0: you know, there's a pretty big game they're playing the the week after Kentucky comes to town too. That's a look ahead spot, right? That that bringing back the the Texas A and M robbery.
1: You never know how the schedule um, is going to hit, so that's always something to be aware of. And at the same time, Auburn could they could take a huge jump year two, you freeze, and they could be kind of a Top 10-ish yeah. team. So you just – you never know what it's going to look like. Um, so that's that's what makes the sport fun is the unpredictability of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just on paper, Kentucky seems like a 7-5 and five team in the SEC right now. And that's what I kind of feel looking at the schedule. I think they have a good chance to go 8-4, and four, but 7-5 and five will probably be my pick. I think they probably pick one off on the road somewhere. And I think they lose – Two games at home. They'll lose to Georgia and they'll lose one of the others. Um, one of the other expected, but they'll go um, and they'll go two and two in SEC play at home, and they'll beat Louisville at the end of the year and seven and five. Hello, Charlotte or wherever. Here we come.
0: Ah, Mayo in December. Maybe
1: Vegas. Maybe Vegas. Hmm,
0: maybe. Speaking of Vegas, we're going to be able to play all of those games. You can get in on all the action with our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. got bowl games this weekend we got a pigskin preview we're rolling out tomorrow previewing all of the action so that you can get on the action with our friends at fanduel america's number one sports book where right now when you download the fanduel app and you put in promo code personnel five dollar money line wager is going to get you a hundred dollar 150 bucks in bonus bets all you got to do is win just throw that five dollar money line bet down Get a winner. Get 150 in bonus bets. And don't forget to use the code PERSONNEL when you sign up today. 11 PERSONNEL. That's us. FanDuel.com slash PERSONNEL at FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. It's bowl season, man. We're going to be betting on games at noon. You cannot miss out on the action. Download it now. Just remember, you got to be 21 in President Kentucky. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus bets issued is non-controllable bonus bets which expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at Com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's turn the page from the schedule. I got to take the Santa hat off. It's like 1,000 degrees. Uh,
1: yeah. Santa hats, they make me sweat, man. Nothing Here's- keeps heat in better than a Santa hat.
0: I know. And they Why do, do people that? wear
1: toboggans? Just put a damn Santa hat on. That nothing works better than that.
0: The fat the oh, guy. Oh, guy got Chris knew man. what he was doing. He pick, yeah. he picked the, the the most perfect hat to keep you warm. You don't even have to cover your ears too. That thing makes you toastier than you know what. Which shout out to uh, all the folks who, uh, who who you know impersonate the jolly good fellow from time to time because you got to just be sweating under there. I, I don't know. Who? Uh, speaking of sweating, we were sweating out some portal players the last couple days like the cats got Um It's fun too when especially when we kinda hear about these. I thought chip training was gonna happen on Monday, didn't happen until Tuesday. Thought Macklin was gonna happen this morning, didn't happen until two. That waiting period is the worst. I just I hate it. I can't stand it. But then once it arrives, you're like Hell yeah. Chocolate chips and my pancakes. <laughs> Chip train them. Come on down. Look well, at I could, I, uh, I think we just, if we just carbon copy our Ray Davis analysis from a year ago, a lot of it's going to be the same just without the production, but at a much, 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 much better school.
1: Yeah. I like that you brought up that name there uh, because I think like the rap and the story And the reputation of Chip Traynham was like big tailback. Goes to Ohio State was like their power back. It was like short yardage, ran people over. But, and so you think, oh, like Chris Rodriguez, Manny Snell. But when I watch him on tape, that's not really what I see. He's not running people over inside the box. Um, He's not necessarily, I would just move in piles, no matter what Like we saw Chris Rodriguez do forever. Uh, I think, but more so, I think he's more, I think he's a smarter runner. I think he shows the ability to press and bounce. I think he has good feel, at least what I've, a couple games I watched. Uh, He's got the juice, I think, to bounce it and get to the outside and get the edge. Uh, He's similar to Ray Davis to me in that mold, uh, where he's not a small back, but I don't think he's necessarily a, you know, a thumper as a runner. Um, inside. But he gets his shoulder square and he falls forward typically uh, and that's what I really like like about him. Um, he was using the pass game, a third down situation. You didn't really get to see his pass catching ability at Ohio State but that he was out there, I think there's maybe something there and we saw what Davis did in the pass game um, this season. And I think for Kentucky, you got, you have to look at the market here, Nick, at tailback. Um, Rocket Sanders they, look, they looked at. And I think there was conversations there. Yeah. You mentioned South Carolina. It seems like they're spending some bucks in NIL. Yeah. Uh, so, and you have to remember r- South Carolina swung and missed on every priority portal running back they looked at last year. I think Logan Diggs was a big one. He went from Notre Dame to LSU. Can't think of any big ones other than that off the top of my head. But they well, And that they, really hurt them. Well, they went and after
0: that, DSK too. I mean, they they went after DSK him. at the end, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, that really hurt them. They had no running. They had a receiver playing running back last year, uh, and so they wanted to get one of the top guys. And so I think they probably paid significantly for Rocket Sanders. Yeah. So the, I think the, for the Kentucky, word, go ahead. I was to
0: say the word out on him too was that he was asking more money than anybody was really willing to pay. But since it was, it's a very small market, right? It's like him, Trevor Etienne, and that's. You know, that's that's really about it. So, uh, I think he ended up commanding that money just because there was so few out there, and for Vince Marrow to be able to sneak this guy out of Ohio State, who, for my understanding, like, they liked him a lot as far as what he did on the field. I don't think they were ready to anoint him as RB one because uh, there's some thought that Travion Henderson might return. Um, so he was he was ready to go be an RB one somewhere um, after kind yeah. of. D- debating the positional stuff. So that's why I, I, all things considered, uh, nice job, right? Nice job.
1: Yeah, there's always a wait and see with running backs, how it's going to hit. Um, I thought Davis was a high floor addition for Kentucky. I never thought he would be an all first team all SEC back this year. Um, we're training them. I think it's similar. I'm not sure if the ceilings is high because he hasn't done it. At least Davis had done it before, right. uh, but I think I could see why they like him. I think he has some traits similar to Davis. Um, as they kind of veer away from this run heavy offense, I could see why they liked him. And he's got two years of eligibility, so you may. I mean, you never know. Um, right, right. But you got potentially having for two years, and I like the. You got, they obviously want to develop some of the younger guys, the freshmen they're going to have to on the, on the roster. But I like just the skill set balance between him and Demi simo Bay. Yeah. Demi, more of a, a receiver, uh, can do some third down stuff. But I think he can – train him can do some some of that, and he's more of your standard down tailback. So I definitely think he's going to come in here and be an RB1. And, Nick, from the usage we've seen from this program, you have to think that's that's the workload he's going to get. He's going to be the top guy. They haven't been a committee no. offense at tailback. We, thought,
0: we got that wrong this summer.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so I think we'll have to see it. You, I think they deserve benefit of the doubt on some of these running back, running back evaluations because it's been a long time since they've gone in the year and we've gotten in the year and be like, man, they just don't have guys at tailback. Uh, they always at least have one guy they can really lean on. And so yet. You have to trust them there, I think. And I, I get the fit and why they like like train them. Um And it's another Ohio State transfer joining Ben Christman, Darian Henry-Young, Jansen Dunn on the roster. So we'll see how that works. None of those guys really hit year one, but none of them played yeah. as much as trainem did in Columbus. Darian
0: yeah. Henry-Young, too, uh, was coming along real nicely in year two. Um, now – All the guys you mentioned, too, were longer developmental guys, right, where they had three and four years' left of eligibility. Um, I did like what uh, Darren Henry Young was doing later on in the season before he got out for the year. But who I really He done played
1: well against Louisville, I thought, in the 10, 11, 12 snaps he got um, there at the end. He flashed. Uh, And so I'll be interested to see him potentially in the bowl game if he gets some of those nickel snaps.
0: He should. He certainly should. Uh, The guy who I'm really high on like it, I – when I first saw this guy, I just I was worried that the Cats wouldn't have a chance um, because he entered the transfer portal uh, during the grad transfer week, so before it officially opened, and that meant everybody got to be on it, right? That first day, it's Penn State, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, South Carolina, and you know, Kentucky's just kind of in there with a bunch of other schools who all need receivers, and he's a 1,000-yard receiver, who was top 10 in the nation in explosive pass receptions. It's like, man, I like this kid, but I just I don't know if they'll be able to get him. And then Kentucky had an in-home visit late last week. They went to – they did enough there to get him to reciprocate. He returns on an official visit over the weekend. After mulling over a few days, I think with some of the urgence from uh, quarterback Brock Vandegrift, that's get it done and Jamori Macklin – announces his commitment to kentucky and i just i i'm not going to um, what's the word i'm looking for like it's a it's a little different in that he's not he, he he's kind of Barry on brown light but like i, I don't know like i'm not going to worry about fitting all these guys in the right place just give me guys who can produce and this dude 30 nine of his 57 receptions were for first downs. If he gets the ball, he's moving the sticks. like that. That's the kind of guy you need, the kind of playmaker you need to have on the football field. And when they're going a little bit lighter on tight ends, they're going to need to use a lot of receivers. And this is a guy that can stretch out a defense. That's something like it. I remember having these these press conferences with Eddie Graham seven years ago, and he's talking about needing to get playmakers, stretch defense, need to get playmakers, stretch defense. They haven't had that since Jeff Bidette. They're they're going to have it next year, Richard Mori Macklin.
1: Yeah, and I I wrote about this today, and Bidette was a guy I pulled, um, 2016. Nick Bidette uh, passes a 20 plus area yards had seven receptions on 16 targets for 305 yards and three touchdowns, and that even included two drops. Everyone knows the big one against Georgia, Correct. But he he was number two in the SEC that year in receptions of 40 plus yards with eight of them. I mean, that really just – it really changed the offense uh, because they had that vertical over the top threat and then they could hammer you with the run game. That, that 2016 offense at the end of the year. Yeah,
0: those over routes of juice in the middle of the yeah, field. Yeah, they,
1: they, right? were, they were fun. And they had, they were, they had got that thing cooking um, there for a little bit. But that's just been missing from this offense um, for a long time. Nick, Devin Leary this year – of course, this is all from PFF data. He was 17 of 60 on – Passes of twenty plus air yards. It's twenty eight point three percent completion rate with four touchdowns and three interceptions. It just, they just didn't hit the bombs. Uh, Macklin got a heavy workload at North Texas. A hundred total targets, like they force fed him the football. Uh, he had 34 percent of his targets came twenty plus yards down the field. Yeah, like they he were they were. They were hunting him for big plays. And he had 12 receptions in those 34 targets for 500 yards on 42.3 yards per reception I mean, for six touchdowns. His
0: average target was 15, like 16 yards downfield. Like- yeah, and they
1: they credited him with four contested catches on those targets. So four of the 12 grabs he had vertically down the field were 50-50 ball situations.
0: Yeah, and if you watch the, the tape on some of those, it's like the back shoulder fighting for a guy and then just – Ripping the guy off yeah. and going for a big run.
1: So, when I watch this tape, all right, this is a – he plays for an air raid offense coordinator. Eric Morris played for Mike Leach at Texas Tech and was a coach under him. Um, I mean, this is very – and it's different than Leach's, but it's more spread out. and that there are very much – it's a spread offense. It's just like, you know, all right, sp- spread the field and we're running goal balls, right? I mean, for, we're running four verts a lot and we're, we're trying to get deep. But I think when you dig in and watch him a little bit, he does a good job of getting releases off the line, winning winning quickly, and then he does a good job of finding the football down the field and making catches, ball tracking. Um, get, getting off release, getting spacing, or getting space from defenders, and finding the ball and finishing catches, which is something Kentucky struggled with. I mean, those um, are the two big,
0: big ones we talked about a lot. Creating space, so, solid catches.
1: So this is what this is what Kentucky, I think wanted DeK Crowdis to be. then it just never got there.. Yeah. Um, I think Macklin's a guy with inside outside versatility. I think he can play some slot, but he's mainly play Z receiver. Um, he even played he played X in North Texas in a lot of his reps where he's getting open down the field so they can maybe even put him out there. Um, so getting all jams and releases against SEC receivers against in Kentucky style is something I'm going to be watching. Uh, but this is a guy that could get open. And he makes catches, and makes tough catches, and and there's pedigree there. Um, We're still trying to figure out if Jeremy Macklin is his brother or his cousin. Um, We'll probably get that confirmed once we get to talk to him. Uh, (laughs) So, but I I like the addition. I mean, there and then just his recruitment. A lot of people jumped in here. Um, Mm -hmm. Texas A&M was a big one. LSU um, was very much into him. Penn State was very much interested. They could, And Kentucky worked quickly to get him, I and mean, they worked really hard to land his commitment. And now I like the balance there. I think mm-hmm. just look at the receiver room where it stands right now, Dane Key, Barry and Brown, um, Jamori Macklin, and Anthony Brown-Stevens. That's a good first four. Now, I think they need to get feel good about six to seven at some point, but I think they feel good if they had the game plan tomorrow that they have four receivers at could go out there and cause some damage.
0: Nick Adams uh, it does point out, he asked, are we forgetting Wandale? I, I How many times did Wandale catch a deep post route? There was one in like well, the I'll, first two weeks of the season. I'll um, pull that
1: up right now, but if you go back at that year, creating explosive plays was an issue. Um, yeah. We I mean, talked keep, about it on the podcast, and sometimes I asked Liam Cohen about it, and he didn't love the questions too much, but that was – that was an issue for the team.
0: The, there is definitely, like if you, I, I pulled up his stat, like the SEC, long reception leaders in there. He was first and 10 plus. I mean, he's, he has the big plays, but a lot of those were yards after catch. The, catch yeah, okay. the, the, the play we think about, the screen in the Florida game where he's weaving through everybody, bobbing and weaving, and then the Iowa catch to go to the, I mean, he ran 50 yards after the catch. Like there A lot of that is him playmaking after the fact. And we're, we're talking more about getting downfield before the catch and catching yeah. the bomb, you know. And yeah, I will say
1: bats. his number is 16-31 for 553. Um, so, he, I mean, he got open deep and made plays. But, uh, like you said, it wasn't the big, just huge chunk um, yeah. plays. But if that's, if that's what Macklin can give them, something like that, that's what you would sign yeah. up for. But only two touchdowns. I think that's probably the main thing we remember from Wandell. He got open deep, and they hit him on some deep over routes. Um, But when you're talking about the deep post is what we're kind of talking about in the deep go, that was something he didn't. But he was – even explosive passing them was an issue. I mean, it was Wandell, and that was it. Um, And that's something they got to get better at. And I think, you know, you team Brown with Macklin, which is on paper what Kentucky has.
0: And and that's my thing is that what Jamori Macklin did last year is what Kentucky wanted to do with Barry on Brown. Right, like he was just a more successful version of it. The way they force-fed him on those uh, back-shoulder fades right to the end zone, which I think that what's more important right now is what you said just a moment ago that I kind of glossed over. They've got four guys they feel good about. They need to get to six. So they're going to go out and try to get somebody else. And part of the reason they need to get to six, they're not going to be as reliant on tight ends and 12 personnel next year. Mm-hmm. Now, how do all those – cogs get moved around like I you know I tried figuring out what the pitch was like were they were they trying to sell Macklin on playing some slot I mean he lined up I think it was like 8% of the time as an inside receiver and 90 as an outside so I don't think it was that totally different
1: offense too yeah
0: yeah but I also don't know like can Barry on even play in the slot like what I those are questions I think are that will be answered down the road but for now what's important is they got to get like, they still need more. And there's a lot of people, too, that, I mean, I got a text message as soon as Macklin committed, like, oh, man, I hope this doesn't mean that Baryon and Dane are leaving. Like If Baryon wanted to leave, he would have left already, right? Like, maybe, maybe something happens and he changes his mind or something. But, like, the portal's still open and there's still some people hopping in. But if, if you wanted to be a big-name guy, you would have hopped in already and gotten paid. Like, why wait? So, I, I think they're on the right path. I appreciate – so, Walker, y'all, hopped in the chat. He's asked us on the board, and, Walker, I I, I wish I knew the answer. I would have answered and told you beforehand. I I was hoping we'd have a wide receiver coach hire already. It'd be be a lot easier for us. Uh, Stoops is speaking Friday afternoon after graduation. Hopefully he has something to say then. It would be kind of annoying if he didn't. Kind of annoying.
1: Yeah, I – I think a few weeks ago on this episode, I think, after that, they'll either make the hire soon or it'll be after this guy finishes signing day at his school. So I wonder if that's they're just waiting for that. Could be.
0: Because no, that's you know, and Mark should at least tell us then too. Be like, well, we might have to wait till after some things happen, even if he says it like that. But
1: because um. rec- I mean, before the portal stuff, that's usually when it would happen. Guys would get guys to sign, then they would go somewhere else, and people would complain about that they would do that mm-hmm. that. Um,
0: so and I was thinking maybe go, um, they would all go to that coaches' convention and is that is that before during the, the national playoff? championship? Yeah. yeah, it's during yeah. the championship. And they would just hire everybody there after signing day before the championship, and they t- probably burn out the lights of those bars, those hotel bars, later. Yeah, in.
1: beers are getting deleted. I think it's in San Antonio, so they're on River Walk, smashing churros and chugging beers. <laughs>
0: Uh, there's a lot of people asking us too about Shamar Porter and Raymond Cottrell. Uh, and also how does Donovan McCullough factor in this? First off, if you can get Donovan McCulley, you get him. He's playing over all of those guys. Dudes going to the NFL. Macklin or excuse me, not Macklin. Cottrell and Porter, they're they're still being developed. Like they haven't they haven't done anything. Right? Like you can't. Can you really rely on a four-star receiver at the University of Kentucky to be a four-star player until you see it on the field? Like, Key and Brown were the first guys that showed up and played right away and played well. How many Thaddeus Snodgrasses and, and Blake Bones have been in there, right? Like, you know, so that's still a work in progress. Um, you, you can't really rely on them. To be, I mean, hell, even Chris Lewis, right? Like, he was a four-star. DeKell Crowdis, they were four-stars does that just automatically mean you can rely on them to to be to, to play 70% of your offensive reps? No. So, like, that's where you are with them. Where I, I think in my head, like, it, it's a win if one of them is a hit. Like, when they're doing the math, you just need one of those guys to be a hit for a wife after Denki.
1: Yeah. I think you bring a good point. I think depth-wise that, that's where they're, they're important. I think he didn't have any depth last year. So you have competitive depth now, I think, in practice. And then Cottrell, I mean, he's like getting a freshman. You're going to have him for a while, or should, in theory, him and Porter. Mm -hmm. And so they're more of long plays. But next year, they're going to be the sixth, seventh, eighth eighth receiver. I think Kentucky, they would like to get probably one more transfer. Then they have five with – Macklin, Key, Mm -hmm. Brown, Anthony Brown-Stevens, and then a player to be named later. And so I think that's what they want to get to, but we'll have to see if they get there. Um, But I do think Cottrell and Porter, they still need some development. Development is key for them. And they're both kind of more big-bodied receivers, and so we'll see what they can do. But both are good prospects. They're just going to need some work, and that's – that's going to be a big job, I think, for the new receiver coach, whoever that is, whenever they get on campus, is getting Kentucky in a position where they don't have to go on the portal again when the next when these guys that are on the roster cycle out. Yeah. That they'll have a Raymond Cottrell and a Shamar Porter ready to fill shoes when that turnover
0: happens. Right, right. Um, and that was that was kind of a surprise Friday night. I was watching a movie with my kid. I think everybody was trying like trying to shut the laptops Friday night. And it's yeah. like, Oh, it was Smart on Porter. a <laughs> took back Taylor, on,
1: took Taylor on a date. And of course I was like, of course this happens. <laughs> so,
0: uh, do you get the usual at roosters?
1: We did not. We did not. We oh, did, okay. did something nicer. this Ooh, time around.
0: Swanky. Nice. Um, I like, uh, that Derek also brought up in the chat, not to sleep on Harley Gilmore. Um, uh, yeah, I like Harley. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I like that, him. that That's one that we overlook because he's just been committed for so long. Uh yeah, I'll be curious where he fits in in all of this, cause he, he, he's he, young though, Nick. He reclassified. That's true. So good he point. needs
1: probably a redshirt year, I would imagine.
0: Is I, well, we'll find all this out. It is. This is a good time to remind everybody: we are one week until signing day. Um, this time next week, we'll be talking about all the signees and Shaka and everybody else who normally turns in at eight. We might do the show early because that's a freaking blitz. So we might just, we might do the show at like four o'clock, so we can leave Lexington and like turns our brains off. Um, the maddest I've ever been doing this job was when some dumbass scheduled a game against Utah at eleven p.m. Eastern the night <laughs> of signing day. And I forgot that, about that. That was also pre like we had a lot of people that worked for us, so like I still had to work the basketball game, and I was just mother effing. Everybody that night, that little ginger shithead. God, class of twenty twenty, would that have been? Yeah, which was a big class, right? Yeah, that was a huge class um, with like Justin Rogers and all. Because I that. think Ox
1: announced on signing day, didn't he?
0: Yeah, where they did the whole. like, yeah. Stoops got the sheet and handed it. Like it was a whole, it was a whole ordeal. That was a, that was a huge day. And then to end it with that stupid little redhead white kid just beating a, a, an asleep Kentucky team. God,
1: yeah, spending a week in Vegas. That was wild. I went to Vegas for the second game. I wasn't there for Utah, but I went out there for Ohio State and that was
0: just as good. Just as inspiring That was that one of the like
1: most like disappointing basketball atmospheres I think I've ever been in for a game. Like Yeah. There was just like no buzz for that game at all. I was like, this is supposed to be like a big event and there's hardly anyone here and it felt like I was just like watching oh randomly, oh let's go to this random AAU game.
0: It's so weird about the CBS sports classic. It's it's just if Kentucky and North Carolina. Yes, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's the only time. I guess UCLA, maybe. uh, The the one of the most fun games I ever went to was when the 15 team beat that UCLA team by 100 million. We had a time. Just I mean, it was we were just drinking, brewing tears. That was a lot of fun, Um, man. I, I like. The buzz you talk about, it's got me fired up. And if you want to get tickets to go watch the Cats in North Carolina, there's going to be a lot of buzz in Atlanta this weekend. Game time app, promo code KSR, $20 off your first purchase, gametime.co. Steven Pig's going to be down there. I know he's fired up right now. I'm, I'm sure he hasn't packed his bags yet because he likes to wait till the last minute. And you know what? If you wait till the last minute, it doesn't matter with game time because you can just scroll through, look at where the seats are, check the price, click it twice. Boom, and all of a sudden you're in. Peak has confirmed. He has not packed yet. Uh, but game time, it's it's so – like I can't illustrate how easy it is to use. It's so easy to use that I'm going to pull up tickets for this on the ad read. I could have got $3 tickets to watch uh, Kentucky play Louisville tonight – or not not Kentucky to play Louisville, but Louisville. It's very easy to get in the door. And right now, $32 to get in the door. That's with your $20 off too, but also – they have flash deals. You ever seen a flash deal before? They've got them on the Game Time app. <laughs> so go ahead, unlock it. Boom. That's a good seat. And that's for even cheaper 10% off. Road 225. Boom. Was it 98 bucks. Now 83 Bing, bang, boom. CBS Sports Classic. Here's the thing, too, with Game Time. I mean, just so many affordable tickets right there at your fingertips. Promo code KSR, $20 off. Also, Kentucky sold out of their bowl at UKathletics.com, so you need to get to Jacksonville, use game time. That's how you get your way into the Gator Bowl. $20 off at checkout when you use promo code KSR for your first purchase. $40 to get in the door. And with your 20 bucks off, that's even better. Man. Game time West end zone too. By the way, West side is where the Kentucky fans are sitting at the Gator Bowl. Shout out Game Time Game Co. Promo code KSR for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Bucket. Well, it is one week till signing day. It's a foot miss spatula season. Um, three guys in a week have decommitted. Are you sounding an alarm? Are you are you panicking?
1: No. I think Groves was one they probably wanted to keep, but I think right. it was a money thing, it sounds yeah. like.
0: Budget. It's only Loren- Salary cap issue.
1: Lorenzo Cowan, I think his playing style and potential is something they don't really have, which is kind of a guy who Bendy can rush the passer, turn the corner. So in that aspect, you don't want to lose a guy like that, but they were so loaded at edge, and he's probably going to have to play Jack linebacker, and he's probably going to need to – add a good amount of weight, so it was, it was a long-term play. And then you already had Brian Robinson and
0: well, it is,
1: Caleb Redd to play that play Jack in this class, so it was kind of, you know, it is what it is.
0: And can't you get some of that from Steven Solis too? Isn't that why you – Yeah,
1: him? I think he's more of going to be kind of more of Boogie Watson's mobile or play off ball Sam and then can maybe come in and be kind of a twitchy edge rusher, but he's another one that, like, just how big does he get? Like that's the big question, I think, with Souls. I mean, he pops on tape. Right, right. I mean, he's vi- he's a violent football player, but just size-wise. Um, I kind of – to Tommy Ziesmer in last year's class, Nick, like that's a guy I like a lot. He'll knock your ass backwards. But just ha- the size this component is just a question mark there. Right, it, right. We'll have to see if they – both of them, if they long-term, if they can hold up. But just from a striking element, they – they have it. It's just size-wise, do they, are they going to be big enough to hold up? And that's something we'll have to see. And then Jacob, but even you got out Jacob Smith, who I think is more of kind of your Sam, but can maybe do some potential rushing the passer yeah, yeah. Um, type stuff. And he's going to be a guy, I think, that's going to have a role next year um, with Keaton Wade uh, moving on, potentially big role in the defense. So just a way that how it shook out, because there was a time, they took Cowan's commitment, I think, in September, Nick. And I don't know if they knew they were going to get the Smiths or Brian Robinson at that time.
0: Yeah, I want to say the Smiths. The Douglas game was probably what two weeks after, but that something was, like that. That might not. That wasn't a done deal yet. But especially Robinson, Robinson. was more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. And, and here's the Cowan. other part too. Um, so Cowan's brother is a defensive lineman Those a freshman this year. Tavian Gatson. Um USC's far from home. Like. You know, he went on the official visit this weekend. It's easy to flip to play for Lincoln Rally at USC. Like, I'm sure you go out there and it's awesome. Uh, especially in December. <laughs> right? I bet it's beautiful. Easy to fall for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it, if, if Bush comes to show, that can be a, a – you revisit in the portal a couple of years from now. Uh, but what it all comes down to, Luckett, is we're talking we, – we, we headline the show off of what – kentucky's getting from the portal well, they had 23 guys in this class like that you can't you can't have it all right and that's i think something that you know talking to justin haddix or uh, kevin wallace or any you name the high school coach right in the state of kentucky um i was talking with males coach wolf about this they don't like the way that portal play the portal's pinching out high school kids Kentucky used to take like the way this week would go, we would get like a couple random like one or two late commits where they're projects that they're going to be late ads to see if like well all right let's roll the dice and see if we can do something with this like an alajere, yeah or um, a boulay body Fitzgerald right like you, you just that that used to be hell you'd have like yeah, exactly. And some of them – Poop Johnson, right? Like, I'm pretty sure he was a late dad, too. Like, Josh Allen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, some of those are success stories. Some of them nothing happens. But those guys have gotten squeezed out of this by the portal. And that part, it's it's an unfortunate side effect. I think – I'm optimistic that it won't be as bad once we get the COVID kids out of here in a couple of years and you don't have 26-year-olds playing college football. I mean, Uncle Jack. Marcus, like, seventh
1: year. Um, Marcus Cox. Marcus Cox.
0: We we got. Uh, Tyler Shook has played like twenty games in eight years of college football. Um, your 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 plumber boy. Um, which have you have you tweeted that that get no. out or? Is,
1: that's for uh, that's for uh, friends. Okay, friends that, of the that's program.
0: Well, if you receive the, uh, I guess we only get one more experience with it, but the uh, – well, it's a plumber gift. But long story short, uh, to get back to it all, it does – and you led with it at the top of the show, how the portal kind of squeezes a lot of this stuff. Like, let's just move the early signing period to February. Like, let's get rid of it and just do signing day in February.
1: Okay, what would your rebuttal be to kids who want to enroll early?
0: They can enroll early if they want to. Like, you just, you, you just don't sign a letter of intent and you show up on campus – Whenever it is, right? So,
1: there are some schools out there, 70% of the class enrolls early.
0: Well, that'll be some of Kentucky's as well. Um,
1: I just, I, I think you're right. Like, getting it, moving it back to February would be the easy answer, but. It I wouldn't the tooth- solve it
0: all, but it would, I think it would help a good amount. Yeah, like The
1: toothpaste is just out of the tube, like. I think David Ubbin wrote an article about this in the Athletic and I thought he brought up some good points. Uh, that they're, they're basically just they're tied to an academic calendar. And that that is the their biggest issue. But then we hear guys like Brock Veaneriff, I believe in his interview with Jacob Polacek, was pretty much like I'm not going there to I'm not going to play school essentially. <laughs>
0: He's like, I'm there to play football. Like, yeah, I'm graduated already. You know, Joe
1: Burrow had an interview a couple of weeks ago. They he, they asked him about, are you Ohio State or are you LSU? And he said, I went to school at, L- at Ohio State, but I played football at LSU. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. how they look. Like, how they look at it, really? Yeah. Is this not? It's not a school experience. It's a football experience. It's a job, yeah. and. Yeah, I think we if we could act like that and just treat it like that, it would be better. If we could open up the schedule, Nick, because yeah. college football has a great off season now. I mean, the off season is awesome. Yeah, it just, it's everything just everything is just shoved down our throats over a month. I feel if like we Patrick could stretch,
0: with crusty crab burgers just coming if, in my mouth.
1: If we could somehow figure out a way to stretch this out, we would all be better. But these kids have to go to school. That's part yeah. of the deal. And there's academic calendars, and that you have to fit. You know fit everything in, in between those or with those. And that's, that is the issue.
0: Shaka, you to answer your question about no letters of intent. No, you, you just signed financial aid agreements. It's uh, like, that's, that's been the bypass. I forgot when, I, I think I remember Brandon Knight doing that. Like he didn't sign a letter of intent. He just waited and signed financial aid papers. And that's the same thing. Like, because regular students don't sign national letter of intents. They just register for school, right? You get accepted, you register that that would be the process but um, i like the way you put it the toothpaste is kind of out of the tube what's um what's wind down this show by talking about potential late ads a week before signing day um Derek is worried about tackle depth which is a Time. fair concern because right now you you what do you what do you nick hall coming off an injury They have
1: four true tackles on the roster right now for next year. Marcus Fox freshman year. (laughs) Yeah. Marcus Fox. Marcus Cox, Cortland Ford, Nicholas Hall, Malachi Wood. Uh, Nick, I keep going back to this, but the way Stoops talked about Hall's injury in some of the preseason and then when he got questioned again, that makes it sound like I don't know if he'll ever be a there's something serious going on there. I don't know what's going on there, but it sounds like that's a pretty serious injury he's dealing with. And then Malachi Wood was a total project coming out of high school. I think he made some good steps in year one, but he's probably not a guy you want playing snaps this year. So, they got two guys right now. So, they have to find yeah. – I think, like potentially adding two guys, I think, in that position at tackle is probably something they need to do. And Brian
0: is bringing up the offensive line tackle from Indiana. Tough news, Brian. We found out about an hour ago that Carter Smith um, will, in fact, stay at Indiana. He's removing his name from the portal. Um uh, that's, uh, you know, new head coach bump. He's bound to recruit some of those guys back. Carter Smith announced he's staying. And you'd already know if you were signed up on KS board. So, UK won yeah, two months of this I, for a buck. But, yeah, that was a that would have been a big one. He visited Ole Miss last week. He was supposed to be on campus this weekend.
1: Yeah, there'll be some more names to emerge, but they are going to need to find some help there.
0: So, you've got a whole rundown of the board on KSR Plus that's – Much more up-to-date than the transfer portal tracker that I've got on the regular website. So, make sure you're all checking that. There's, what, Azel Purdy from San Diego State. There's a kid from Arkansas, too, that got an Mm -hmm. offer from Kentucky. Howard
1: Sampson, North Texas, is the guy they're in on as a party. You're right, Drew party. It's another tag. And all these guys are multiple years of eligibility. Montavious Cunningham, Georgia State, is a guy I think they've sniffed around on. Luke Newman, a FCS transfer from Holy Cross, um, who said – He's gotten some interest from Kentucky. So, they're casting a wide net here, Nick. So they're going to find a tackle or two. It's just who do they who do they find. I think we're seeing tackle is more of a top priority because there's interior guys that I think they're passing on they get, they could get. Um, right. Most notably, Zeke Correll committed to yeah. NC State on Saturday. Kentucky just didn't make a move for him. Man, he's going to the ACC, going to play for a Dave Dorn team um, that I think could Maybe be sneaky good with – they just got Grayson McCall. I like that Grayson McCall, Robert and I, pairing.
0: Well, I like the so down there in Raleigh. Robert and I won too, and that was a <laughs> That's freaking true. disaster. Which That's true. Which, how the hell did they win a And that ACC just sucks so bad. I think they went
1: nine. I think they went nine and three.
0: Yeah, like they went they, they won nine games they were dog crap on offense. Like that was a disaster. Which, shout out to Kirk Herbstreit for just dragging the ACC in one of the most bizarre tweets I've ever seen. That you was talking hard. about the,
1: the book he wrote? Yeah, he just he went nuclear in one tweet. Yeah. Just
0: like kept going. It was, it was yeah. that was good. Um, the other, I, I saw somebody. There's a Twitter account out there that's just like one of the worst Twitter accounts uh, on the internet. That you talking about blue bloods. No, no, no. There's another one that I don't even want to mention. Uh, that was like Kentucky's going to get an edge, and then like somebody wow. else has in the chat about uh, a cornerback, and it's just like. Just because somebody, like, said it offhand doesn't mean it's going to happen. And here's the thing, too, like, it, this is the part where our jobs get harder because I felt like I had really good feel on up until this point, right, like where Kentucky stood with a lot of these guys. The second wave, I, you know, I feel like i got to put my miner's hat on and go back down in the coal mines for some scoop, and you know, to, like, <laughs> figure out. Because, you know, like, it, yeah. you do have yeah. to cast a wider net. They've hit on their initial targets feel so like we talked about Brock Vandegrift for a year, and look at how funny is it, too. Last year, we were talking around this time, maybe even a little bit before, like, well, Kyle McCord, Ty Simpson, Brock Vandegrift. Vandegrift might be the best out of them all, and they kind of just lucked out that it happened that way. Like, I don't know what Simpson's going to do there, but McCord might end up at Syracuse. He's going to get bumped for Rayola. In Nebraska, which is just the wildest recruitment.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he's getting bumped or if he just doesn't want to go there to get pulled. I haven't yeah. dug into any reporting yet. Um, guys in Husker Online are on top of that. Uh, but, yeah, that was that, that's definitely interesting because that looked like a slam dunk at one point. I don't think that's going to happen.
0: Where did, uh, back, uh, Jeff, didn't Jeff Sims transfer somewhere weird?
1: He's in the portal, but he hasn't gone anywhere yet. Not, not that I've seen.
0: I thought I saw he was going to like...
1: Louisiana Tech or something?
0: No, I thought he was like a Florida school. It must have been a fake news sort of deal that I just saw. He would be a good
1: fit for old Gus Malzahn.
0: Yeah, I guess John Rice Palmway, he's got to be 30 years old by now, right?
1: Yeah. Um, But back to like DeCarlos Nicholson's the one they hosted on the visit. So that's where you got to look. Who do they host on visits? He feels like one... Like I feel like he would have committed already. Yeah, if he was a surefire take. So Which I don't he know officially what's visited really going twice
0: and didn't commit. Like, dude, because <laughs> two years ago. He was a JUCO kid, officially visiting on recruitment. Yeah. So that that
1: that didn't that hasn't happened yet. I mean, we'll see if it maybe happens tomorrow. Maybe it's the thing they wanted a commitment on each day. Uh, that's maybe interesting, yeah. but. I, I figured know. he. I thought he would have been one of the first ones to jump in the right.
0: boat. It felt like it was premeditated, going to only visit just as a formality. Uh, yeah, which yeah. also, yeah, which was Brock's case. Like he'll be here this weekend, but I think he's just doing it to find an apartment. You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't think he's got to check out all the trial in the uniform. Right? <laughs> it was like remember when Tayshon Manning did his? Uh, <laughs> he did his photo shoot. He was just like, man, I don't need to do all that. Like, just give me a jersey. He was just in a jeans and jersey, just like, yeah,
1: yeah. You don't think he'll be at bells checking out the scenery,
0: checking out the local spots? Didn't his dad mention that he's got a girlfriend or something in one of the things? I think,
1: I think he might be. I think I might have read somewhere where he's maybe engaged or.
0: Yeah, he might be pretty serious. Good for him, man. He just that picture of him with Liam Cohen. What a
1: a photo. I mean, central casting.
0: (laughs) I mean, it felt
1: like I was like, it was like a scene out of Friday Night Lights just like at the the Texas State High School Championship.
0: I mean. His dad's Coach Taylor coaching in the game. The part that (laughs) really, like Dylan Bauer, our friend from uh, Sea of Blue pointed out, when he had the clip on his belt for his phone, I was just like, "Oh my God!" To like, me, it was
1: just wasn't even that. It was the, the camo, the camo coasters. I'm just like, <laughs> "Hell yes, let's roll! This is it!"
0: I needed to see though if he had a play ball, fish and hunt. Let's ride. D- d- does he have a dip can ring on his well, <laughs> jeans, or does he hide it better because he's a good Christian boy? You know, as
1: like, I, as I've mentioned on <laughs> here before. I, I do want my – I want skull rings in my offensive lineman's jeans. I do want that. <laughs> I want my offensive lineman to fish. I like guys that hunt, and I want skull rings in their, in their jeans. If oh, they do that, we're God. probably on the right track.
0: Gosh. Oh, man, this has been a fun episode. We'll, we'll have more next week. Uh, you know, as far as high scores go, Cam Dooley is one to watch. Jacob Polichek put in an RPM pick for him today to end up at Kentucky. Former Missouri commit – also, was getting recruited heavily by Vanderbilt. That's one to watch. Like well, can, I can't tell if Rico Scott has gone quiet uh, for purposeful reasons or just because it's gone quiet. But, yeah, so, nothing's
1: out there in the on him.
0: Yeah, um, and I, I think, you know, initially Stone was like trying to publicly recruit him, and I think everybody at UK was like, shh, no, shh, Let's keep keep Nick Saban far away. I haven't seen if he's gone up there and visited Rico yet in Pennsylvania or not. Um,
1: yeah, that has been very, very quiet. So we'll see Yeah, here in the next couple of days if any buzz comes out regarding
0: regarding that. What well, can happen in the next seven days, it feels like every time we do one of these shows, it, it's popping off left and right. But we will be back with Football Podcast Monday to get you ready for signing day, and then 11 personnel on Wednesday. And also, we can talk bowl games for 20 minutes tomorrow, luck like it. So – Oh, one prepared? of my favorite
1: Saturday one of my favorite Saturdays of the year is this upcoming Saturday.
0: Oh man, and we get CBS Sports Classic, like just Kentucky, you get, North Carolina. Oh.
1: You get three NFL games, you get the good call some good college basketball games, and then you get stress free bowl games that are just perfect gambling opportunities. You know, they're just like, Oh, we'll just dabble here and they're on all day. It starts at eleven AM, it goes to midnight. It's just a perfect day to just sit back on the couch and watch mm-hmm. some ball.
0: And people complain about, oh, it's all about who wants to be here. Well, if you find a team that really wants to be there and one that doesn't, you can live bet them just like that. Like, it's not, just pull that trigger. So, (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. We'll see you tomorrow on the Pigskin Preview. He's Adam Luckett. I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Kroger.